Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you now on this uh, June the 2nd, Tuesday of 2020. So many uh, things that are have and are taking place in our nation, and if there was ever a time that we needed, uh, at least in my opinion, a podcast that, that can speak prophetically about the times that we are living and what God is saying to the church I think this is the appropriate time. And so we, we thank the Lord that uh, you're taking the time to gather with us and be able to, to search the scriptures and hear what God is saying. It's a delight to be here today with our panel, with uh, Brother Fernando, Brother Marty, uh, Brother Jeremiah. And it's always a delight to, to be with you and, and to be able to study the word of God. As always, it, it's always a joy to come to, to you but also, you know, there, there is a, a sombering in our spirit as, as we feel the weight of what is taking place. We, as, as ministers of the gospel, uh, we don't just come to you in a podcast and that's it. We are, we are seeking the Lord. We are praying. We, we, are, we, are, yeah. we are asking the Lord for direction. We, we pray for our nation. We pray for our president. We pray for the people. We, we're praying uh, because we sense that urgency. And so there's joy in the word, there's peace, but there's also a somber. And I think it, it's a time to mourn. It's a time to pray. It's a time to, to seek the Lord. And I want you to join us. I want you to join us and, and not just analyze and say, wow, these are the end times. No, where is the Lord in all of this? It's a question we should be asking. What can I do? How do I pray? And I believe if you ask those questions, God will answer them. And, and make you a participant, an intercessor in this hour. People that pray, that are asking God for mercy, for for repentance in this hour. So I just challenge you, uh, as you hear this word, that it will it will cause you to say, God, I want to feel your heart, God. I want to feel the heartbeat of your heart, that I may pray accordingly. Without further ado, we'll we'll leave it here now to Brother Marty to share. Uh, what God has placed uh, in his heart as we study the word of God together. Brother Marty, God bless you, and I'll leave it here with you. Well, God bless everybody, too. It's quite amazing what uh, what can happen in 24 hours uh, after wow. yesterday's podcast. So much transpired in the nation. And uh, it, it's almost at, at times, for those who have ears to hear what God is showing us all in his word, it's almost as if we're just concluding some of these podcasts and then it's like I go turn on the news and go, my goodness, we were just talking about this. I mean, this is. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Tell it's, me about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just amazing what is happening. And I think what, you know, truly in my heart, what I sense uh, is, is that there is still yet not a a real understanding amongst the people of God is what I'm talking about as to what is actually happening in front of their eyes, what they are watching happening to this, uh, this great nation of ours and uh, what is transpiring. Understand this, that much of what we see happening now has been foretold by, by the prophets we've mentioned over and over and over again uh, in, in our time, you know, God sent, Sent Brother Raven Hill. God sent Peter Marshall Sr. God sent 
brother David Wilkerson and and many others like Tozer and Havner and Tory and and the great men of God throughout the throughout the 20th century, who well in advance saw where the nation was headed and what would be the ultimate outcome of it. And it is quite possible that what we are beginning to see and what we are witnessing happening uh, is is a fulfillment of those of those many many things that were spoken uh, by these prophets that uh, <clears throat> that we saw throughout the uh, the decades of, of the 20th century. What is happening is not being discerned, and it's quite striking to me that these national preachers of ours, these big mega church uh, preachers of ours, they have absolutely nothing to say because frankly they have no clue what's going on either and their their platitudes and their their empty uh slogans they're just not holding up anymore and uh and 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 and, and they're being exposed for the for the <laughs> empty empty suits they really are man and uh and, and and it's time for us to really begin to press in and and to begin to 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 wrap our head around the fact that it's quite possible that the days of America's visitation are well underway. And uh, what we are witnessing is just the beginning of of what uh, is yet to come. And so that is why we are pursuing God with all our heart, with all the, the, the strength and effort that we have uh, in these times, my brothers and I, and, and I know that those of you who have been faithfully listening, I get reports from different places that people have actually been with us since the very first podcast. So that's encouraging. And you have sent them out to many, many people. And so we encourage you to keep doing that because as we go along, the ability to actually proclaim uh, is going to become less and less. And so we need to use every available vehicle we have right now uh, in order to, to get the word out. And uh, And we think that that these times are vital, uh, you know, to do that right now. And so it is our joy, our honor, our privilege, like Brother Jeremy said, to, to even have the opportunity and these platforms that we do have to discuss these things and, and to at least uh, look into the Word of God, because we're not as the world. We're not meant to be in a state of confusion and chaos and anxiety. Remember what Jesus said, he talked about in Luke chapter 21, he said that there would be, there would be fearful sights that we would see fearful things happening. And it would just be one of the indications of, of the eminent uh, approach of the conclusion of history, if you will, and the second coming of the Lord. So for those of you who love the Lord, these are exciting times. Not, not, the, not the misery and the, and, and the horrible things we see taking place, but the fact that the anticipation of every generation since Jesus Christ was taken into heaven from the Mount of Olives uh until now has has looked with great anticipation for his return but but what we quite possibly have been privileged to to uh to have happened to us in this time is it is very very well quite possible that we are entering those days that we'll see the return of the lord and that is our hope that is our expectation and that is our 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 great anticipation that he is soon to come and so, you know, many people ask us, you know, why do you spend so much time in the prophets? You know, why do you always go back into those old scriptures and, and talk about those things? Well, I want Brother Jeremiah to read to us why, because the Apostle Peter gave us instruction just before he was going to uh, pass away and, 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 and suffer a martyr's death 
at, at the hands of the crazed Nero emperor of Rome of their time around 64 AD, somewhere in there. He writes this final letter, and, and in his final letter, Second Peter, he lays out the entire case of what will transpire over the next 2,000 years and what would happen, he said, to the church. And he says, when you come to those days that he was describing in Second Peter, he says there is one thing that you really, really must begin to do, and that's what I want Brother Jeremiah to read in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Can you read that, brother? Yeah. And it says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And verse 2 says, And many shall follow their perniscous ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So the first thing that Peter alerts us to is that there was going to be a condition within the church where there would be false prophets. And as a result, the church itself would begin to fall away. And and as a result of that, Brother Jeremiah, would you read us verse 1 and 2 of, of chapter 3? Yeah. And it says, the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust. And verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So there we have it. We have the command by the Holy Apostle himself telling us, look, in these last days, uh, though that you church in the future, when he was writing, when you begin to see these things, understand that, that it is vital that you go directly to the words of the Holy Prophet and to the commandments of the Apostles. Because he said the condition is going to be such within the community of the church, even the backslidden church, is they'll begin to question, uh, you know, this isn't the time. You'll hear preachers telling you even now. They're already saying it. No, this isn't, you know, this is just stuff that happens. They're insane. They have no clue. And, and, and so Peter commands us and says, look, you go and study the holy prophets and you're going to see. What, the, what it is that the Lord has always said would come to pass. And that is why we do this. And we, and we do this as we feel led by the Spirit of God to do so after much reflection and prayer. And so that is what we're trying to put forth to you. And so with that in mind, we go to today's subject. I know we've had a little bit lengthier introduction here, but I want Brother Jeremy to read uh, verse 1 through 3 of Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, and then verse 7. Would you do that, Brother Jeremy? Yes. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Verse 7. 
Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devoured it in your presence, and it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. That's incredible. Amen. Uh, Notice what he says at the bottom there in verse 7. He says, your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. We're going to talk about a little bit of that today because of what we see uh, taking place in our country right now. Because it is very much a parallel as to what happened to Judah in its final days. It would only be a few years when the whole thing would be brought down. But the spirit of what Isaiah is saying echoes into our generation, and particularly in this church. One of the things that people forget is that when the prophets write, they're not writing to the world. Although there may be certain prophecies where they address particular kingdoms and empires, for the most part, they were writing directly to the church. That is God's people of that day, whether it was Judah or Israel. And, and and God began to raise up prophetic voices in their generation as they approached uh, their destruction, if they would not turn from their wicked ways, as he said. And then when the time came, uh, just prior to that, he would raise up prophets like Jeremiah, who would no longer be foretelling of what was coming, but began to tell the people to prepare because it had already begun and, and it would end up uh, being uh, completed in their time. And as we talked about yesterday, it was significant when Isaiah gave this message. We we were exploring yesterday his calling. In chapter 6 of Isaiah, you you will find the day that he was called to become a prophet and what took place on that day. We were talking about in Isaiah chapter 6 how that the first thing that our attention is drawn to is the day that Uzziah, the king of Israel went into the holy place and tried to take to himself the authority of a priest. My goodness. And <laughs> and and even though he, he, he tried to go in there unaccompanied, there were no other uh, religious figures around him, Isaiah chapter 6, and he tried to usurp the authority uh, of just simply being the leader, the political leader, the, the royal leader of the nation, and then tried to step into the office of what should have been a national spiritual leader. He took it upon himself to do that. And God exposed what that was really all about, an arrogance and a pride. And he was struck with with leprosy, which was very symbolic of the corrosive nature of 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 that spirit of pride and what it would ultimately do to the nation and isaiah calls it in the year that king uzziah died i saw god high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and he sits on his throne and as we put forth yesterday what we were talking about yesterday was that what we were witnessing when isaiah was called into into the into the prophetic ministry was a transition of power the removing of and he wasn't even a wicked king he was just a king who 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 had reached the point of such arrogance and pride in his own self-assessment that he 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 sought to fill every single office that had had defined uh, people assigned to it by God, but he took it all. And when that happened, when the pride reached that level, he was removed from his from his office, if you will. 
and and God then sits on his throne because it was very symbolic that that's when the call of Isaiah came in the midst of a transition of power and and God begins to set himself as judge over the nation and you can go back and listen to tomorrow's I mean yesterday's podcast to get all the information on that but then we so so now when you get to Isaiah chapter 1 and you begin to <clears throat> to look at the opening prophecies here that is basically the first message that he delivers and it comes out of Isaiah chapter 6 in other words this is the message that he begins to preach after his calling which is recorded in Isaiah chapter 6 and so it's really important because it's the first thing that we begin to see and and what he begins to address is 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 very very profound because he starts off by saying the vision of Isaiah as brother Jeremy read in verse 1 it's the vision of Isaiah uh the son of Amos which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem throughout these kingdoms or or these these rules of power and he begins to to say something profound to the nation and we think that God is speaking in this way today but but one thing that we need to understand is he starts his ministry by talking about a vision we know from Isaiah 6 uh what that vision was but but what most of most people don't understand, don't know is that there are 10 different ways that God chooses to describe prophetic utterance or words of prophecy particularly in the old testament you know the word of the lord came unto me or the the vision that so and so saw or i saw or the lord spoke there's many different uh ways that he phrases it and in this particular uh thing that isaiah is saying it's very telling and something to pay attention to because the word vision comes from the word uh hazon hazon in the hebrew and what it means is this it indicates the harshest possible revelation that a person can see and so when isaiah begins to speak he's being propelled forward in his spirit by what he has seen of god as judge and the intensity and seriousness of the matter of what he's about to try and speak to his generation when he says uh vision it literally means it's the harshest possible thing i can talk to you about right now and 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 it also comes from the word hazon uh which is what the rabbis were trying to in- indicate there when you dig into the words what they say that meaning is is it means it's the meaning it, it means the breast or the heart or the seat of the heart and as they go on to say what what it means is that what this was implying now listen to this this implies that that the deteriorated state of Judah, Judah and Jerusalem where Isaiah prophesied it wasn't necessarily apparent to the naked eye but to the discerning heart it was more than obvious in other words the surface veneer of their religiosity and their pseudo spirituality actually covered up the corruption that was really on the inside of the visible church of his day do you understand what i'm saying <laughs> so yes are you awake yeah. all right yes. So so we have to understand that as the word is going forward he's talking to a people who have become professionally uh religious 
They have perfected it to an art. The temple is at its height. The ministry is well established. Everything seems to be good. But Isaiah's had a vision of God high and lifted up, right? So what he sees is incredibly important, and he comes in the spirit of that, and it's designed to rip the the mask off their hypocrisy and to shake them at a depth, hoping that in the intensity of what he sees and what he says, it'll open their eyes. So it's really interesting when he begins verse 2. Can you read verse 2 again, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. So he addresses two things. He says to the heavens, hear, and to the earth, he changes it up and says, give ear. But it's interesting, he begins his message by addressing the heavens, and then he he, he addresses the earth. And there's many reasons for this. Because the word that he received had its origin in heaven. He saw God high and lifted up. And so he begins there. Because what is about to come down is a judicial case by the judge who's moved his prophet to begin to lay out a case against his very own people. And and it also represents, you know, spirit and soul, if you will, what takes place in the spirit, what takes place in the natural, because he's calling the heavens to account, which is the spiritual aspect, and he's calling the earth to account, which is the natural aspect. So this word has its, has its, uh, reverberation if you will the wave of it the vibration of what's about to be declared is all encompassing and it and it deals with the nation as a whole and it begins from the heavens to the earth now this is a really deep thought Isaiah is trying to convey here and remember what we're talking about is not just history here what we are saying is that we are witnessing the same thing transpire in our time and that God is trying to speak to this nation and and that its its origins are emanating from heaven now. Understand, what we are witnessing in the United States right now, the literal burning down of our cities, the killing of, of officers and officers killing people, the children unruly, uh, the, the incredible incursion into our nation of evil. I was talking to my daughter this morning and I said listen uh, what we are witnessing is not something that can be sustained by human emotion alone in other words you know a couple two three four days max of anger and you know frustration uh, by the people and what we see taking place right now you can understand that but now we're going into our eighth day across the nation of this intense emotion and violence and burning and looting and, and troops on the street. I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying that. I mean, that list yeah. is good, right? right. But, but, but to see eight days in a row of this, this is not human. This is spiritual. Yes. This is, yes. right? Would you, somebody speak to that, would you? 
It is. It it is. I mean, because you gotta, you know, if it's just something emotional, you're gonna exhaust all your energy within a day or two. I mean, right? You know, getting mad, it it it, it exhausts you. You know what I'm saying? Right. To, to do that. But as you said, we're now in our seventh, eighth day of this. Uh, this is telling us that something is propelling. It's a it's a spirit that is moving across the nation, and and exerting this defiance, this anger that that is coming uh, from within. This is this is this is more than just a death. This is something that's been brewing, you know. But it, but again, to to answer your question, no, this is something spiritual because it's a relentless it is relentless it is now we're going to go to this city and and i just yesterday i was they were interviewing somebody one of these protesters organizers i think in uh if i'm not mistaken in washington dc or detroit and he was saying we are not going to stop we're going to sit in your in your state buildings we're going to we're not going to stop until this stops that, that's what they're saying. So we know that there's something, an underlying, a spirit that is propelling people to 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 continue in this in this manner. That's good. It, it's uh, brother Fernando. Anything? Well, it goes it goes to what you're saying. What Isaiah is saying. Um, you know, the, the people are seeing in his day were 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 seeing things as though they were. Uh, you know, normal and, and, and the nation was prospering and things of that nature. But what Isaiah gets a glimpse into is that there's spiritual uh, things taking place that are um, taking the nation to a place of judgment. Yeah. Right? And, and And that's what we're seeing here today. But the thing about it now is that it's in front of our eyes. It, it, it's in the it's, it's in the television set that we're seeing these things transpire. We are setting ourselves up for God's judgment. You know, we, we're, we say, well, something's coming to this nation. No, it's already here. <laughs> right. It's here. Do you have eyes to see? It's here. Something has taken place in our nation, a shift, and I believe it is the judgment of God, um, and, and, and something more severe is taking place now we spoke about this brother marty and i don't want to get off topic i don't think i am but can you imagine we'll just throw this out there i'm not saying it's going to happen can you imagine if the current president doesn't win the election that's coming up or can you imagine if he does either way i mean it's chaos right uh yeah. it, it's it's it, it, this is what we're telling the people. Hey, something is happening, and and what we saw in in the first chapter of Isaiah is uh, a transition of power. Yes, Isaiah six. Something to con- uh, and it's something to consider, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's something to consider that are we headed there? Is this coming? What's next? Is this the end? Is the looting? The end of all these things, the pandemic, because we're still in a pandemic. We still are, right? Last time I checked, we're still in the, in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. so w- w- what are we hoping for? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where is our hope in all of this? And, again, that, that, that has to lead us to a place where 
we, we have to say this is a spiritual thing that's taking place. It's not, a, you know, it's not a left or a right thing. It's an up right. and down thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just like the days of Noah, right? It, right. And, and one of the particular um, spirits that was moving in the days of Noah was a spirit of violence, right? The, that's what the Bible says, that the earth was corrupt and the earth was filled with violence. It says it twice. That was the condition. You know, the Bible says that the last day shall be like the days of Noah, right? But, but so there was a spirit. This is a spirit that's moving in our, in our nation. That's what I'm trying to say. This is more than just an emotional, oh, somebody, you know, there, this is a spirit that is moving. That's why it's, it's not just emotional. It's a spirit that is moving in our nation, causing yeah, people to act this way. That's, that's, that's exactly right. And, and, you know, this is, it's a really deep thought that Isaiah is trying to convey here when he, he says, listen, hear, O heavens, and, and give ear, O earth, along the lines of what you're talking about, because what he's trying to express to us and what our generation of the church, again, remember, those of you that are listening, we're addressing uh, by, by, by the Spirit of God, we, we pray humbly uh, and, and prayerfully, uh, the condition that has brought our country to this point. And we started off this podcast by having Jeremiah read uh, when he got to Second uh, Peter chapter 3 that, that, that Peter told us, you be mindful of what the holy prophets have spoken and of the commandments of the Lord, especially that generation in the future that begins to see prophecies being fulfilled before their eyes. And so we go here and we begin to see how did God deal with a nation as it was beginning to be judged by him because of what they had done and how far they had drifted from him. And so why Isaiah calls heavens and earth to record, it's the first thing he says. I'm, I'm bringing forth this vision that has the idea that there's this covering of, of pseudo-religiosity that, that is covering the people of God. They have cloaked themselves in a professional religious display of a pseudo-holiness uh, when the truth of the matter is, is that underneath is, is a corruption of heart and a falseness of relationship with me. And so he calls heaven and earth to record because what he's really revealing to us there is that heaven and earth are linked. The material universe works in concert with and for the benefit of the people of the Lord, the nation of the right. Lord, right? And so so he's he, he's literally saying to the nation before he even addresses the nation, the, the source of their blessing, whether, whether it's, it's the rain from heaven or the fruit from the ground, he begins to address the removing of those. That's why he's saying, you need to pause what God has set in motion, heavens, and you as well, earth, because what God is literally saying through his prophet is, I'm going to stop this prosperity I'm going to uh, and lay my case before you, heavens and earth, uh, uh, so that you do not benefit these people any longer. That's heavy stuff. That's what Isaiah is saying. And, and he's saying heaven and earth are linked. The material universe works in concert with and for the benefit of my people. So I'm going to talk to you, heavens, and I'm going to talk to you, earth, first and lay out my case and tell you why you no longer are going to bring forth uh, these blessings upon them because they have crossed the line. 
They have, uh, in other words, the violation of the word of God by his people is the reason that the whole land is suffering. That's what he's saying, or getting ready to suffer. It is a hypocrisy, brother, that's in the church because uh, most of the modern church and the preachers behind pulpits in, in America, I'll speak about America, who do they blame for uh, the reason why our nation is the way it is today? They, bring, they blame the world. They blame the liberal, yeah. the yeah. leftist agenda, the church mm-hmm. stuff. Man, yeah. if you would just, you know, if you, if you would just get right and get saved and follow the Bible, then our nation wouldn't be the way it is. We would have blessing. We would have peace. But Isaiah and the Lord, it's not speaking to the world. He's speaking to the church. No, the Lord is saying that you, the church, you're the problem. You you become hypocrites because yeah. you become so so self-righteous that you're right and the world is wrong. But the truth of the matter is the reason your nation is the way it is is because you have deception in your heart. You say that you honor me, but your with your with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. How do we know this, brother? Look at the kind of preachers and false prophets that are guiding the church today. Yes. And we want we want to want the people to understand this. What is taking place, the so called pseudo revival, our president held a Bible outside of a church yesterday. While bombs were go or or you know all kinds of war sounds going off in the background, that's mm-hmm. strange. That <laughs> is so strange and bizarre. But that yeah, well, that was a picture of what the church is doing today. They're holding yeah. up their Bible, saying there's blessing when all our wars breaking out on our streets. My goodness, right? That's exactly what Isaiah is saying. That's why he, he he's speaking to the heavens and to the earth, right? Look. Yes, I'm laying my case against God's people. Understand yes. that everything is working for us on our behalf. Blessing is predicated upon how God's people conduct themselves and follow God's word. Right? This yes. is where the blame lies. Yes. The feet of the preachers, God's church here in America. Yeah. You're yes. right, Brother you know, Jeremy. Go ahead, Brother Jeremy. You know, uh, th- just think about this. Those of you who are familiar in the Christian, in the Christian, in the Christian um, evangelical side, you're familiar with a woman by the name of Paula White, who was a special advisor to the President Trump, who has brought many, introduced many pastors to say this is God's man. You know, America's yeah. in revival. I, I just want to quote something because I think it goes directly. This is what they're saying. We're reading what Isaiah said, and these are the times that we're living. But look at what they're saying. This is what she said. She said, she claims to have had a divining talent at the White House that gave her every, a quote, every authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I stand is holy. (laughs) Now think about that, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, you know, we're we're telling you, you know, the men of God should stand up and call the nation to repentance. She's declaring a woman who's a faith leader, who who's who's this pseudo revival that they are saying that they're having. It's it's not saying that 
She's saying, no, the White House is holy ground because we are here. That's a mm-hmm. sign that God is moving. That's a sign that there is revival coming. Look at the, he allows us pastors to come and pray over him and pray with him. And as you said, Brother Fernando, right now, uh, we just saw our president carrying a Bible. Revival is coming, right? They're saying the very opposite what the Bible and what the men of God should be saying in this hour. Incredible. It is incredible. And that, and that's why Isaiah in verse 2, he, he, he's, what we're talking about, he, he begins from the perspective of heaven, every dimension of it. You know, I don't want to get too far adrift here, but the, the connection that he's drawing between the whole of reality, uh, it, he brings it down to God's relationship with his special people. Yeah. And and so he begins to 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 say that all tranquility, all holding back of forces of darkness, all light and good and peace and tranquility is determined by how God's children act. God's children, like brother brother yeah. Fernando was saying, yes. Uh, yes, you know they they right now they're blaming the world. They blame the left. They blame the Democrats. They you know. They blame everything else but themselves exactly. because they're so far adrift. And then and like what Brother Jeremy just said, the example that he used, we have a pseudo false prophetess who is the chief spiritual advisor to the most mm-hmm. powerful human being on the face of the earth. This woman who, who's broken up marriages who's on her third marry, marriage and is married to a rock guitarist from the, from the rock band journey. <laughs> this woman is the chief spiritual advisor to the most powerful man in the world. And she says by walking in her adulterous self, walking into the Oval Oscars that it's holy ground. Are you kidding me? And wow. if this isn't, if this isn't enough of a description of just a hint of why we might be in this kind of problem that we're in right now, and, and then and then all there's the mega preacher boys, right? You know, the, the tap dancing hair gel wearing crowd that I talk about all the time. <laughs> you know, what what are they doing? You know, they, they they got nothing. They have nothing. And 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 the leaders are stunningly silent because frankly, brothers, they have no clue what's going on. And neither are they in depth enough, uh, even though they might call a committee meeting to discuss it. You know, uh, none of them have answers because they're not praying. They're not in the word. And so so Isaiah deals, but begins. It's incredible. His whole ministry begins with with that that word designed to tear the veneer, to take the mask off, to rip the mask and the pseudo spiritual holy covering of the so-called church and its leaders to, to rip that off of them and say, look. Take a look at yourselves and look at your hearts, because the truth of the matter is, is you are the you are the culmination of generations of compromise, and now your chickens have come home to roost and you have no idea what's going on. But you listen, heavens, and give ear, earth, and listen to what he says here. For the Lord, verse two, chapter one, verse two, hath spoken. He's not gonna, he's not saying something like this. He's not saying, listen, because. The Lord is going to say something. He has he's he's beginning his message as a 
as, it, as if it's already been spoken, and it was. In other words, he has spoken. It's not he's going to speak or he wants to speak. He's already determined what's about to unfold. And this is the horror that is beginning to become even slightly evident to, to many people, whether they'll admit it or not. You know, we've had people writing us and texting us and saying, you know, we're afraid, calling us. We're afraid. You know, it's the unspoken fear, you know, that's beginning to seep in to to such dead, hard consciousness in many people. And, and now they're being woken up and there's good people that are afraid. There's good, holy people that are afraid because they're not too sure where to get their bearings and what's going on. But the days of America's visitation have begun. Whether America can right. see it or not, that's that's another story. But it's brother, been determined. Go ahead, brother. And brother and brother Marty, I don't mean to harp on this a lot, but I, I think it's important because you're right. We, we so easily blame, you know, the evilness and, and wicked government and blah blah blah. And that's the and that's the reason why America is that way. Just on on May seventh of last month, there was a national uh, day of prayer, right, at the Rose Garden. Uh, and mm. guess who was on in, at front page of all of this was was Paula White. She was at the front and center of this prayer, and this Incredible. is and, and the the prayer that she said. She thanked God for Trump, and she asked that wicked leaders be removed. And her prayer from government positions. And yes, there are wicked people in the government positions, but and she and then she commanded the coronavirus to be done, to be gone. We say it's enough. Die now, coronavirus nineteen. We command you right now that this, blah blah blah, and that's, and that's where we're at. We still have the coronavirus going on today, right? It, it's still yeah. it's still there, and 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 she's praying, almost blaming the wicked government for the condition, but never addresses the sins of the church and the condition of the leadership. Why? Because she's part of the problem. You know, she's blinded. She 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 cannot. Absolutely. And so we think that these these national days of prayer, they're important. I, I've been as a minister. I've joined through the years with pastors. You know what I mean? But always with the sense of coming to repentance. I stopped going a few years ago. I was just so devastated, and I saw what it became. I'm like, this is not what this is meant to be. It's for us to repent. But when I yes. saw that it started going somewhere else, I said, I'm not going to be part of it. I'm, I'm going to continue to pray for my nation as I do. But but what I'm saying is, again, we're so blinded, we cannot see. You know, we blame this and that, and we can never see that that the judgment first, corrections first starts with us as ministers of the house of God. And I just wanted to just, just say that, don't want to harp on it, but I just thought it was important to bring that out as we're talking about this. Well, it's inc it's incredibly important, and 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 it's it's necessary to to dwell on it, because we're not we're not trying to do anything but simply look at the pattern. We're we're trying to get people to see the same thing that God is showing us. It is it is blindingly <laughs> obvious to me, and to you, and to those that are listening, I believe, who have been seeking God that we are witnessing something so extraordinary and so outrageous as to almost work the opposite effect 
it's so overwhelming that many people don't even know how to deal with it. It's almost like sensory overload. You know, I mean, it's just enough. I can't take anymore. You know, it's like, I don't even, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you know, they can't even handle it because it's so incredible. And, 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 uh, and so we're bringing it out so that we can look at it from the proper perspective by the Holy Spirit so we can understand. Because let me rewind a little bit on what I just said. I believe what the Lord is saying is that America's days of visitation have come. When God begins to deal with a nation and allow a nation to be corrected, he starts with uh, something less. And if they refuse to turn, it, it increases in intensity. And I want to I say something to you. My wife said this the other day, which made me laugh the way she said it, but it's not funny. And she wasn't trying to be funny, but, but it sounded humorous to me. We just went through two months of everybody in the country being locked in their houses as we were right. dealing with this virus you're talking about, Brother Jeremy. But because the preachers had nothing to say, like you said, she's up there praying that the coronavirus be gone. And you know the arrogance of that prayer, Brother, is that, that she wasn't praying for the coronavirus to be gone globally, just from us. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, yeah. right. <laughs> just from us. Forget India and Mexico and, and Guatemala and Africa, you know, because we are so arrogant that we think we're the only ones on the planet. I mean, we're the only church. It is such hypocrisy. That's why we keep yeah, our... Yeah, we, we, feel, we feel that the world is going to go to hell if, if America doesn't have the ability to preach the gospel. You know, it, you're it's, right. it's a Pharisee spirit. Right. It's a Pharisee spirit. Right. It is. You know? That's what Jesus said. You compass to his day, his generation, he told the Pharisees, he said, you compass the whole world looking for one convert. And when you find him, you turn him into twice the child of hell that you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jesus talking, wow. right? He said, you're blind guides. You strain at a gnat, but you swallow a camel. He says, you're like whited sepulchers. You're all clean and white on the outside, but within, you're full of dead men's bones and all sorts of corruption. He said, yours is a house of desolation. The home of the lizard and the spider. That's what he said wow. to his generation, who were at the height of their political and spiritual power at the time when he came, when God sent him to them. And he's doing the same to this nation. He's calling it to account. When he, when you read the conclusion of Matthew 23, I believe it is, in there, uh, he, he's, he comes to Jerusalem and he comes over the Mount of Olives in a procession that's leading to the Passover. And he pauses and he looks out over the beautiful city that, that King David established. And he, and he sees the gleaming columns of this magnificent temple and uh, that, that had been rebuilt after the captivity and then added to by King Herod over a 46-year building plan. It was a wonder of the world. And he stared out at the, at the hundreds of thousands of of pilgrims that were coming to yet again uh, celebrate a festival of the Passover. Only he knew that this Passover was going to be the fulfillment when the Lamb of God would give his life as a ransom for the whole world. And he paused and he looked over Jerusalem and he began to weep. And he told them, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had only known the time of your visitation, 
He said, I would have gathered you. I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her chick. I would have healed you, but you would not. And he says, now your, your, your nation is left to you desolate. You know, you've rejected judgment will come because of, of your rejection of my extended hand to you throughout the centuries, really. And I feel the same sense that that is what the Lord is saying to the United States, mm-hmm. that, that at this point, if we turn to our political leaders, they have no solutions. They have slogans and, and, and uh, trigger phrases, you know, to stoke the, the divisions even more. You turn to the judicial system, uh, the Supreme Court at midnight passes a, a legislation endorsing the governor of California's cry that the churches can't open and meet, right? And they have to engage in all these kinds of crazy practices just to have church. And we strongly suggest you don't sing any hymns and don't shake any hands. I mean, it's just bizarre, right? And, and, and they took they took it to the Supreme Court, and and the Republican appointee, John Roberts, sides with the four leftist appointees of the Obama administration and says the law to keep the churches closed if they won't adhere to how the state tells them they're supposed to worship is valid. And he did this at midnight, and so the churches remain in their condition. And it's God that's keeping them that way. It is God that has the king's heart in his hand. It is God that rules in the affairs of men. And and so what we are seeing transpiring here is so deep and so outrageous. I'm older than all of you guys listening to me uh, right now, you, Jeremiah, Jeremy, and Fernando. I'm an old man, you know. <laughs> but, but, so Twice but, older, older than me. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's oh. He used to say, "I'm older than dirt, man. I'm older than dirt." So, <laughs> so what we are. Nah, we, my point is, we, we, is I've we, seen a lot, man. I've seen the assassination of JFK. Yes. I've been alive yes. during when they killed Martin Luther King. I was alive when Bobby Kennedy got shot. I saw uh, Nixon resign in Watergate. I saw. Uh, Carter become, uh, you know, the sweater-wearing president and, and, and hyperinflation and judgment come to our land and economically. I saw our soldiers right. get killed as they as they went right. in the Iranian desert trying to rescue the 56 hostages, right? I saw the end of the Vietnam War. I saw the rise of sex, drugs, and rock and roll in the hippie generation, you know, went through the, 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 the early revivals of the mid-70s. And then, and then the coming of the '80s and the throwing off of the constraints of this nation, and then, and then, and then the terrorist attacks that began to happen, and the the, the first Gulf War, the 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 falling of the two towers. I mean, all this stuff has been leading up to this very moment where we right. are right now. Right. And and so when you look at it from an overall perspective like that, you begin to realize that what's happening now is simply a, a full-fledged bearing of of the of the fruit of the seeds that we have sown for generations, both in our institutions and in our pseudo religious establishment. Go ahead, brother. No, we we are uh, just just trying to understand what what the prophet Isaiah um, was was going through, thinking and saying. Um, he was basically saying that Israel had disconnected itself. From mm-hmm. the eternal purpose of God, of why they were placed on the earth, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's why He summons the universe, yes. uh, the, the the celestial and the terrestrial, 
uh, and he lays his case against Israel. Uh, almost like the, it's almost like the universe understands its purpose in God's eternal plan. And oh, it he's does. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it is. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Uh, Romans eight, right? And, yes. And he's pointing at the highest creation. He's saying, "Look, God's highest creation is completely disconnected from His purpose." on why God has placed them here on the earth and they don't know it. Yes. It's almost like he's, he's talking to, to the creation. He's like, can you, can you believe this? That God's highest creation is gone off on their own course, completely disconnected from God, and they don't even know it. That's what's happening here in our nation with right. the church. We are completely and, and disconnected from God. That's exactly you know? right. And that's what Isaiah says to them, right? In verse 3, read that, Brother Jeremy, verse 3. Yes, of Isaiah. He says, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know my people doth not consider. That's what Brother Jeremy, uh, Fernando was just saying, right? They don't yes. know it. They don't know it, and they don't because they don't know it. They don't consider. They do not have the spiritual capacity to discern what is happening, and what has already been determined. It is an outrageous thing, and I'm stepping out on my own. You guys don't have to follow along. I mean, you can stay safely in your little cocoon there if you want. But I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. <laughs> but what I'm telling you. Is and not with joy at all by any means. Seriously, now all all kidding aside, this is this is quite possibly the the days of of the visitation of the United States of America. I was yes. looking for my my a copy of the of Brother Wilkerson's uh, book, The Vision, which he wrote in 1973, and uh, in there he talks about uh, what he saw. He said he saw cities across America burning. And yes. roving gangs of people in the streets, looting, yes. fighting with the police, and 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 when 9/11 happened, and and uh, and New York was on fire, uh, they asked him, "Is this what you saw?" He said, "No, that's not what I saw." <laughs> and so wow. he was literally saying, I, "It hadn't come to pass yet." But I I I remember. Uh, I remembered that this morning. I felt like the Holy Spirit quickened me to remember those words, what he had said, that there would come a time, just, you know, in the last days when America was going, was falling under judgment, where you would see the, the major cities across the United States. And I'm going to look for it and see if I can read it tomorrow. Cause I couldn't find it earlier. But uh, where the major cities of the United States would be uh, on fire and that there'd be mm -hmm. roving gangs right do you guys remember that have you read that that book yeah you know my wife just finished reading that book well actually uh she finished listening to the audio you can actually get the free audio on youtube if somebody wants yes. to listen to it it's like in three four parts and everything that you're saying and more is, is what uh brother wilkerson saw in america in 1973 right in 1970 and he, and he took a lot of heat for it he took a lot of heat Especially yeah, he he basically lost his ministry. You know, mm -hmm. all those, all you know, the religious establishment of the day, the Charismatics, Pentecostals, you know, the big arenas, they didn't want anything to do with him. 
they thought he was a false prophet. You know, every, he was, he's lost his mind. It cost him everything to, to bring that word out. But we have, we have seen the systematic fulfillment over the last, what, 27, almost 50 years now, right? It's, it's been 47 years. And yeah. here we are almost 50 full years after he wrote that we now have America's cities on fire, her, her stores being looted, her cities filled with uncontrollable, roving gangs. Brother Jeremiah, turn over to, to Isaiah chapter 3 and read something to us, would you? Yes. Uh, Are you there? Yes. Isaiah chapter 3? Yes. Uh, this is a sign as Isaiah goes on in his prophecy. He says, this is how you're going to know that your nation is, is already in the throes of being dealt with by God. Verse 4 uh, could you uh, read verse 4 and 5 to us of chapter 3? Yeah. And it says, And I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient. I received a text this morning uh, from my daughter, whose friend lives in Ridgecrest, California, in a very nice uh, suburb development there, really, really nice houses. And she was freaking out, and she took pictures of this, and she sent it to my daughter, who sent it to me. Uh, but there was a group of Black Lives Matter uh, uh, people and, and, and the, other, the other group, and, and they were roving through the neighborhood uh, and they were telling the people that they were looking for houses that had the American flag, and they want to, they were threatening to come back and uh, and vandalize the houses that that had the the American flag hanging out on their front porch. That's this morning. Wow. Child shall behave himself proudly. See, Isaiah said. You know, church of his days said, "When this is this is what you're going to see, the unruliness of the children." Brother Jeremiah, read. Um, listen to this in verse uh, twelve. Would you read verse twelve, Brother Jeremiah? Yes. And it says, "As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, which they led thee, caused thee to err, and destroy the way of thy path." Oh, my people, they which lead thee. He's talking about the preachers, the priests, the prophets. They which lead thee, cause thee to error and destroy the way of thy path. That's why we are where we are. And he says, these right. are signs of judgment, my people. Children are your oppressors. Is there anyone over 30 in these crowds, by the way? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, no, right? I mean, you're looking at children trying to overthrow the government of the United States. And then he says, yeah. women rule over them. Women rule over them. Whether it's a Pelosi or a Kamala Harris or 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 uh, or, or, uh, or that Indian lady, what's her name? Uh, the one from Massachusetts, she claims to be an Indian. Uh, uh, Klobuchar from Minnesota or, or Hillary Clinton or, or, or Planned Parenthood or go down the list. Or Paula White. Cortez. <laughs> Cortez, yeah. Or Paula White, like Pastor Jeremy. Women rule over them. This is 
where we are, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is where we have come to. And and we haven't even touched this subject. I, I pray you turn in tomorrow again because we're going to go into what what Isaiah says is the response, which is what Brother Jeremy was talking about. They decided to respond religiously. Oh, let's do this. In verse 11 of chapter 1, he says, the prophet says, what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I'm full of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of fed beasts. I don't delight in the blood of bulls and, and, and bullocks and goats and lambs and he goats. When you come to appear before me, who's required this of you? Uh, that you would tread my courts. Quit bringing vain offerings. Your incense is an abomination to me. Your your new moons, your Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, camp meetings, right? Conferences. I'm sick of it. Away with it. It's an iniquity. Even the solemn meeting, even when you fake like you're having these repentance meetings. That's what he says. Your new moons, your... Your appointed feast, he says, my soul hates them. They're a trouble to me, a weariness to me. I'm weary to even uh, bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I'm going to hide my eyes from your, from you. And when you make, yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And he says the solution is what? Wash you. That's what I want. I want you to repent truly and, and for you to make yourself clean and to put away the evil of your doings, not the Democrats, <laughs> not, not sure. the lefties in the university, you know, your doings. You put away your doings from before my eyes and cease to do evil. Learn to do well. You've learned everything else. Seek judgment. Take care of the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and, and, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they'll be like wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So in his day, he gave them a hope because he, he, he would be around for successive kings. But really, he began in verse 2 by saying the Lord has already spoken. In other words, he knew that they wouldn't turn. It would ultimately lead to their ultimate destruction. America has had the hand of the Lord extended to her unlike any nation on the face of the earth, even more than Israel, because Israel didn't have a completed Bible. <laughs> Isaiah was prophesying yeah. before the book of Isaiah was written. Right? <laughs> so, you know, right. Jeremiah's book hadn't been written. Ezekiel's book hadn't been written. None of those had been written yet. So, so you know what I'm saying? They had the Torah, but we have the right. whole thing. Right? right? We claim to be a Judeo-Christian nation. In God we trust. He says, quit pretending. I don't want you to do these fake rallies and all this, you know, stuff that all these fake crazy people have been doing these last several months. He says, I, I want you to repent for real. I want you to turn your heart to me for real. Uh, this is what, oh, that's what it was. Uh, thank you, Lord. I forgot. <laughs> Sister Debbie, what, what, and I said, well, you know what she told me. She said, look, uh, and I said, you know, you're right. 
we've been we've been shut away for the last several months. I said, what's the first thing that happens? Okay, they 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 let people out over Memorial Day weekend. And so what do they do? They rush the Christians now. I'm not just talking about the world. The world's going to do the world. You know there are a bunch of Christians over there because most of these pictures came from the South. They're all having these massive pool parties and barbecues. They're drinking and dancing and shouting and having a good time. Two days later, they, the, 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 the guy kills the poor man, uh, George Floyd. And, and uh, two days after that, we begin, uh, which is now our eighth consecutive day of of uh, ma- 30 major cities plus in the United States, burning with fire, businesses being looted, troops deployed on the streets. My God, we, he let us out of our house for a day, for a couple yeah. days. Yeah. And this is this is what we have. And so this is what I felt like the Lord was telling me. He said, look, I dealt with you first by trying to get the church to shut up and go into their houses and begin to seek me over this yes. global lockdown. I started and allowed this plague to come, this this virus to maybe shake you guys into the reality, but you didn't listen. And instead you've cast it off. You haven't learned your lesson. And so you you, you purposely wrapped yourself in, in the Bible and, and, and the American flag and with with a copy of the Constitution in your other hand and, and, and more than likely in the modern church today, a beer in the other. And you decided mm. this is over. This is over. You know, we're going to go transition to greatness. Three days later, our streets are burning. And America's very existence is hanging in the balance right now. And there are troops on our streets and a president threatening to deploy the United States military in every major city across this land. All of that in a matter of 10 days. Have we learned our lesson? No wonder Isaiah said, oh, my gosh, give ear, heavens, give ear, earth, hear, O heavens, hear, O earth. The Lord has spoken. Do you hear what he's saying? Are you listening? Are you watching? Are you discerning? Are you considering? The coming of the Lord is drawing near. We love you and we look forward to tomorrow as we continue in the word that Isaiah received from the Lord. Go ahead, brothers. Finish this out. Amen. We pray that, um, you know, today has been a a time where you can reflect on what truly is taking place. Listen to what has been said today in this podcast. And then listen to what they're saying, what with, with, with the, the, the so-called prophets, servants of God are saying, and compare if it matches with what the word of God is saying. We must be awake, as Brother Marty says, in this hour, uh, the Lord is truly coming very soon. I pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue in our study of this word and that you would continually uh, keep us in your prayers and also share it with somebody. Share this podcast and tell others uh, and, and what God is saying in this hour. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and keep looking up.